Okay, and uh, we're back. Um, all right, well, well, let's just keep going because we were on a real roll before, uh, you know, we, uh, we we had to throw to sponsor, you know. But hey, you know, yeah, you, you got you got to show the people how the sausage gets made, you know. Yeah, like, absolutely. how could you run a production this lavish without uh, without the money? I mean, the, I, the viewers at home can't see the studio. It right. is impressive. Yeah, I, I, pristine was what I was going to use, but yeah, impressive is a good. I mean, good we've got next generation recording equipment. <laughs> I am. When I came in, I was like, I didn't know. Are we going to be huddled around an iPhone or something? Like, no. Yeah. no. There is professional grade mm. recording equipment here yeah. a lot of star wars action figures <laughs> uh, i no, feel like it feels yeah. right it feels, it feels right. right no i i totally agree um all right so um you, you, we touched on julie cooper okay um with the um a quote i have written down is jimmy how do you think this makes us look um mm. okay and then foil that poor boy, he's locked up. Yes, another great another comedically thing. Okay, so you can't talk about Julie Cooper and what Julie Cooper's eventual arc will be without discussing Noopsy culture. And Noopsy, the, the, the Noopsy is—it's a word I still use to this day. It's so incredibly perfect that you, Sandy bestows upon this these upper class women who have kind of a thirst for gossip and scandal and how, how would you describe them I'm, I'm i'm kind of at a loss for words but you know it i, I guess people know who the noopsies are if they've seen the show i think what it's most i think its main function is to show that this is most people in this Ooh, world good it's yeah. like okay yeah. there's a bunch of people out here who have the same sort of mindset and it's sort of like a Greek chorus where it's like, ooh, okay, we've got ooh, a whole okay. bunch of people who have the same belief system mm-hmm. and this is a setting we're in and there's something about the protagonists that set them apart mm-hmm. and set them up for growth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's their main function, which is like, mm-hmm. we see Kirsten, especially in this episode, I think, step away from them physically right. step away from that. <laughs> Literally, she goes yeah. outside and catches Seth escaping to go visit Ryan well, and, and agrees to come with them. I'm not, well, this is, I was just going to say, on a literal level, she literally leaves the Noobsy culture to she go puts be a with Ryan. Them, yeah. No, to, no, yeah. to, Whoa, to go good. rescue Ryan. Like, you know, and she does ultimately rescue Ryan, you know. Right. Like, that's an enormous decision in the OC, like, canon is, you know, that Seth trying to sneak out of the house, getting Kirsten to agree to go, that and pulling him out of Juvie. Like, yeah, I mean, without like, that, that wouldn't a, be a show. Oh, right, yeah. Um, but I, I, I guess what I want to say is I want to I want to kind of focus on Julie and the Noopsy culture and... Because I, I said this in the pilot, and this is something I believe. I think I think another huge part of the show is you are you are as good as society allows you to be, and that's almost like a like a secondary function of class. Like we see, like looking watching this episode again, 
I don't blame Ryan's mom as much as I did, which is, you know, because on paper, it's kind of the most fucked up thing you can do. Like, right. as a parent, yeah, like, is, like, abandon your, your kid. And do it twice. Abandon your kid, come back, yeah. beg for, and then, go, like, leave again. But, you know, something about the gravity of her situation, not having those options. Like, because she is right. The best thing she can do for Ryan at that point, like, that is what saves Ryan. If she kept living, if Ryan like left with her and went back to like, does he? He no, he doesn't. He doesn't have the same you know life caliber of life. Well, they do Ryan's mom. They do that character a favor by setting her up as intelligent when right. she's counting cards right at the blackjack table right. and says he has my smarts. Mm-hmm. And we know Ryan's smart, right? He got mm-hmm. like the ninety something percentile on his SAT ones, which no right. one calls the SATs the SAT ones, right? There's right. the SATs and the SAT two. <laughs> Get with it, saying, yeah. I mean, that's just a silly thing to say, yeah. but we're grounded in the idea that Ryan's mom is actually intelligent, right. in the same way that Ryan is, mm-hmm. and that invites a possibility that her abandonment isn't selfish. That it's right. actually calculated. Right, yeah. Uh, which she kind of says, right? Yeah. Like, this is the best thing for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking to sort of herself and Kirsten, like, essentially applying you would do the same thing. Right, right? yeah. This yeah. is the best thing. So, uh, well, I think that's an interesting moment. Well, I think it harkens back to that episode two quote. What kind of mother abandons her child? And then Kirsten gets to look into this proverbial mirror and see what is the what is the mother that would abandon her child and it's when the like when the kid will end up better off now obviously uh the episode one like when she leaves and leaves a note that kicks ryan out of the house with aj and everything that is not a sympathetic character at all that's that's just a pathetic character um but I think that's a little that's retconned a little bit in this episode, and like uh, just a more interesting character that you know appealing to Kirsten. Like I, th- I think she says something like, uh, you know, see the way that like your son looks at you, the way that like you know, and it's this beautiful not jealousy, but like Dawn recognizing like ah, I, I, I could have had this. You have it. Circumstance. Right, exactly. And well, there's a level two yeah. also to this moment, which okay. is tough because it's mm-hmm. political and I'm mostly, mm-hmm. I don't know, but uh, it's also revealed at some point that Kirsten has had an abortion, right. which in some ways could be viewed as an abandonment of a child. Mm. And if we want mm. to enforce the thesis that Kirsten and Don are the same person in different circumstances, then Mm. the question of who would abandon their child gets deeper. Well, Uh, and and you know what? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to expound this out like way, way further down the road. We will get to into this, but then, then we also calls out the question of uh, Teresa and her pregnancy and what, when she tells Ryan she lost the baby and, you know, that whole 
That's a whole nother layer. There's a whole a maternal layer. motif that I'm just right. realizing now right. exists in the show, which, I mean, this is the beauty of watching it and discussing right. it. You realize these things. Oh, and it's like, it's... God, that's the thing. I mean, the thing, like, the I, th- I think the, the episode could be... Sub- the way that they absolve Ryan's mom of abandoning him the first time, and she has the line, she says, you're always the smart one, the good one, when you got arrested, I knew I had failed, which is, you know, it's like saying that like Trey was like always a little mm-hmm. bit off, but Ryan was always the smart kid, and that like that blew her apart, her him, because she had so little going on, so little was going right for Don. She had so much riding on Ryan, because he was the one that had the promise. He was the good kid. He was, he was the one that had her smarts. He was the one that would. You know, he was almost her deliverance. So to have that snuffed out by him getting arrested is such a like. That's how they absolve her of sin in that. And that thing is that I like. Look, I literally lost all hope in that moment. And like, when you know you are again, you're only as good as your circumstances allow you to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know that. You know, environment class. You know, that's that's always going to be a part of the OC. I think that was an interesting, like, it's interesting to give her for this unforgivable sin. Literally, like, like the 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 parent abandoning the child, like the one person you're supposed to like, literally die for, but genetically, like, you know, like from from even from a Darwinian standpoint, like, yeah, you know, like I mean, you, the the only person it makes sense to literally die for. What is it that's what horrible thing can someone visit upon you that will make you do that? This one almost cardinal sin. And, like, either they try to absolve her by... I don't know how successful they are, like, but it's a... I think I think there's an angle there that, like, look, right, I have no hope. Like, I had I had literally no hope. You were the only piece of hope I had... When, when that was snuffed out when you got arrested that's what ended that and what made me careen off this cliff which is uh, you know a, you don't necessarily empathize with Dawn in that moment but you sympathize you get you get where she's coming from even if you know you can't necessarily forgive her or absolve her yeah I mean I'm with you right like mm-hmm. Don has this moment of weakness, hmm. which I think this the episode we just watched, The Gamble, right, does a lot to kind of, you know, absolve her of. Right. Which is that, like, okay, you had this boyfriend, you had the, you know, the, the golden boy of your children get arrested. That's a no. vulnerable moment. You come back. Mm-hmm. You see him, you get to observe him in this new environment, see and you make the, and, and you make yeah. a mistake, mm-hmm. and it's almost like you make a calculated decision that he's better off with the Coens right. than with you. And I, I think, I think there's a lot to be said for like if Kirsten was in the same situation with Seth. Where it was objectively obvious to her that Seth would be in a better situation in this, wherever he was, than with her. 
she mm-hmm. could make the same decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue there's some evidence in this episode that she would she would do that. Right. Uh, I think the the main thing I'm walking away from this episode with is that Ryan's mom is a much deeper character, right? Than I give her credit for. And much of her deepness comes from her comparison with with other characters, yeah, especially with Kirsten. Kirsten. Yeah. Well, and I guess we never we never really finished the the Julie thing, where it's almost the the opposite. Julie, you know, Julie's just getting started. Right. We're, we're not gonna we're not gonna see the full Julie arc until later, and you know how damaged Julie is in her own way. But we like, learn a lot of important stuff about Julie. Yeah. That Julie loves Jimmy's money more than she loves Jimmy. Yes. I think yes. that's an important yes, yes, hint yes. that we get in this episode. But it's also implied that, you know, it's also implied that Jimmy, like, you know, because she's from Riverside, she's also like Ryan. She understands how rough it is. You know, like, so she, you know... The fact that she is somehow they also that that's also a little bit of an out for the Julie character, and it will will always be as the show progresses, is that she understands how tough things are out there, and she, and maybe that might be why she's so irredeemably. Um, I'm air quoting here, shallow, but she just understands the importance of you know having you know the, the, what a what a privilege it is to have these things. Oh, I got a question for you. Okay, yeah. Does Julie love the OC or hate the OC? Ooh. She hates Kirsten for being yes. the breadwinner of the couple with right. Sandy and her. And, Great point. And Great Kirsten, point. right? Yeah. And. Well, it's because Julie has the. Or, sorry. Kirsten has the agency Julie never had. Julie. Uh, man, I mean, we'll. She tries we'll to get climb into the OC, whereas right. Kirsten. Is there, but seems to sustain herself through merit. Right. In yeah, some I was gonna way. say. I was gonna say. I mean, this is not. We'll get in like with the Caleb Nickel episodes and other episodes. Kirsten's agency is a, a, obtained by you know her education, her position. Like she works at her dad's company. You know, like she's. Yeah. It's a very. Um, th- there's nepotism to. A little bit of nepotism to you know Kirsten's power and her agency and how good she's able to be. Julie has to be less forgiving because she's scrapped and clawed for everything. She has to do things through quote unquote seedier measures by physically seducing people or like. But no, I agree. I think you know we have that beautiful scene in the coffee shop where her and I think Helen is the name of the other noobsy. Um, are like talking so much shit about yeah, right, yeah, and right, Sandy right. like but well, yeah bumps in like I couldn't understand and you know he Sandy brings up the Riverside like you know weakness of Julie's um, again air quotes but I think that something that's important there is that you know you kind of see there's there's the the noobsy jealousy like there's something about the noobsies in there kind of la- they have they have a lack of agency a little bit and you know Julie will eventually kind of become a little bit of a bastion for it because she kind of kicks her way out of the her relationship with Jimmy later and moves on to Caleb 
and you know the bullet later on like she will god that's really interesting because I, i'm just remembering what the ultimate um julie plot line is at the end of season four and it's really it's, it's actually kind of beautiful and really great so um but anyway um worth noting i guess is what i'd say worth noting julie's um, as as a third corner of this triangle in this episode, right? About mothers. It positions right. the mothers really, really, really nicely. Yeah, this episode. When I'm trying to look at my paper, I don't have a ton left. Like yeah. other things that I liked, mm-hmm. I sort of like the fact that the Cohen's house is white and it's on a hill, invoking this ivory tower on a hill of mm-hmm. like this yeah. greatness that's mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to read too much into the elevation difference between Marissa's house ah, and the Coens, ah, ha, ha, ha. but it is a little interesting to yeah. me that hmm. the Coens live at a higher elevation and sort of over literally live above them. Literally live above them. Well, That's especially with Jimmy and Kirsten's a... history. Yeah, it's... and how Julie. That's always well. I mean, to get back to Julie a little bit and her and Kirsten's rivalry. You know, the Julie kind of feeling like a runner-up to Kirsten, and like, you, you, like, right? There's yeah, still, no, there's, there's still, still, yeah, room to climb right. on the social ladder, right? Um, because right, Kirsten is not the same as the other noopsies, right? She is right the breadwinner, right? And we don't know if that's true of the other ones. The only one we it's know that's heavy. true of is it's... of. Is of Julie. Right. It could be implied. I was going to say, it's heavily implied that Kirsten is the only, like, working mom in the noopsie circles. So, I, I like, I, I, yeah, I don't think it's ever officially proven, but, you know, from what we see in later years, you know, people get remarried. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, it's heavily implied that. Well, and that's what allows... I mean, this is what I said in the first thing, though. Kirsten... Kirsten's kind of an angel in her own because she allows Sandy to do the good things Sandy does by virtue of being that breadwinner, being that anchor. Like, there's a lot of times when Kirsten is painted as a villain when she, like, to Sandy's... Like, they, they always have these very adult arguments. This is something we talked about in the first season, like... The Sandy Kirsten arguments are always the, the best arguments because you can totally see both sides every every goddamn right. time, and it's 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 uh, no, it's it's really incredible. I think it's a uh, look. I mean, I, I think we uh, I think we kind of nailed the mother's name. I'm gonna put that out there. Yeah, no, I think that that is the main part of this episode, and. You know, I wouldn't have recalled it without watching it more critically. Yeah. I'm glad we did that because yeah. I feel like I know more about the show having thought thought about it, watched it, and talked about it with you. Well, and it's, again, like, I'm hoping we'll continue to see it. Because when I set out, I had a theory. I told you this when we were at the end of the day. I had a theory that there's more, like, because of how good the OC is, that there's more there's more to the OC than meets the eye and I think this is the first episode that really starts blossoming out that beautiful like it almost lulls you to sleep with all the pretty imagery and how goofy and silly and corny quite frankly some of the stuff can be 
but also comes back with these I guess what I'm saying is that a lot of times you know see a lot of they do a very important aspect of storytelling very well which is everything the characters all their decision making always makes sense that's right. an important and that's such an important thing because nothing takes you out of a story like oh I would never do that you know right and uh, all the decisions develop the characters in you could say logical I guess I'll say logical but mm. in in ways that really develop them and I think Luke is a great one to look to in this episode mm. mm-hmm. where his decision to help up Ryan's mom is meaningful all right yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm with you, right? There's a lot of things that seem like they could be random, mm-hmm. but with greater inspection, tell a more nuanced story than right. one that we started mm-hmm. this podcast talking about. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a show that always gives you what you want, right? Yeah. You know, you could a mm-hmm. monkey could write this. <laughs> uh, these characters are so flat. Yeah, that was something yeah. I said. Right. right. And now having watched this, I kind of disagree with that thesis. Yeah. No, I uh, look. I totally agree, and uh, you know. I mean, look, I'm 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 gonna have you back on. Uh, I'm ready. We're, we're, I'm ready. We're, we're gonna we're, we're we're gonna figure out an episode the second we, we get off air, and we're gonna we're gonna go again. But um, all right, we're, we're gonna hit the um, kind of the final segment of the show though, which is um, top quotes. Okay, do we have any nominees? Because I, I have at least one or two. Do you have any you wanna you wanna float out? First? I've only I only wrote down one exact quote. Okay. I don't know. It's a top quote. Okay. I got two quotes actually. Okay. Go. Correct. I have to correct myself. Okay. The one is this is never gonna make it to the top, but. Mm-hmm. This is a community that's supposed to welcome outsiders. Oh, I, I, I don't know about that. I really like that quote. I'm glad you wrote that down. That's a sandy quote. Yes. Uh. Him berating uh, Julie in the cafe. And I think when you recall the fact that the name of the show is Orange County. Right. The Orange County. The OC. The OC. The idea of a community and that the core conflict is societal. Right. That's an important quote. It is, yeah. The other quote's one that I already brought up, which is, I'm an embarrassment to my son. Welcome to my world. Yep. That's a great one. Those are the two that I wrote down from this Mm. episode, which I think are important for the development of of the arc of the OC. Right. But out of context are a little tougher to be like right no 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 I, but here's the thing here is uh, here's, what, here's what I would say because I was looking at my quotes and they're all you know I've got that poor boy he's locked up yes what do you want to be now 17 um, Jimmy how do you ones, think dude. this makes us look you know Ooh, I can't that's so good that's optics of the whole thing right, right. Jimmy well that's like the that's the Julie Cooper right like there's there and there's a lot of good quotes in this episode but that well what that first one what you said that's a i think that's that's a that's an enormous thing because again 
I really think this show... I, I have a hypothesis this show is... What makes this show special is that it talks about class in a way that never really addresses it. Like, it, it does directly address it, but by glamorizing, like, the upper, you know... Like, but like by being glamorous at the same time, it kind of backdoors itself with its class talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you don't really feel like you're getting something pushed on you one way or the other. But really what the OC is about is about like, look, this is like opportunities matter. Like this, this, these, these things are important. Like what happens, you know, with the poor and you know the people who don't have the same options who don't have the same privileges marianne were and i were talking about this in the first episode like you know even the the show is very probably one of the whitest shows on television ever i don't think there's ever a person of color ever on the right. OC, like besides rosa the maid and yet it kind of speaks volumes about this how the other half lives type of like I, I think that might be what makes it important and at the risk of taking too large of a leap and being too pretentious and everything like that when when Sandy says you know this is supposed to be a community that welcomes everybody that's kind of a macro America like that's yeah. in a, an Americana like you know that's supposed to be what you know bring me your your sick and your what, what shoot i don't i can't remember the quote exactly you know what I'm talking, bring yeah. me your your whatever and your whatever yeah that's gonna be embarrassing so here's yeah. what i'll say and i'll okay. say it a little i think more directly than you okay which is it's a show <laughs> what, you about, mean me talking around the point for uh for five me, minutes wasn't great radio for me <laughs> I, I'll, I'll agree exactly what you're saying yeah. but with this right. with this direction which mm -hmm. is controlling for race is a show about class right where okay we yeah. control for race by having all the characters be white mm -hmm. and still have it be about class right yeah it's a really curious idea about what if ryan was an underrepresented minority that is a right. really curious question of you know, Ryan has this white privilege which allows him to assimilate into this culture. Well, and you know what? It's almost alluded to in this episode when the Noopsies are, when Sandy's leaving in the Noopsie party and he right. says, you know, all right, well, I'm going to go find the next kid to jeopardize right. the community. Maybe a black kid or an Asian kid. Right. And they reference that and you kind of see maybe a little bit of more what he was thinking but and i'm all i yeah. almost suggest and i'll suggest it right now right yeah for because we're just talking right which is like in 2015 ryan could be a black kid no i i, I ryan is a black kid ryan could be right. a native american he could right. be any sort of underrepresented minority mm -hmm. in 2015. Well, I think I, in also 2000, 2004. Yeah, like God, I don't, I don't want to get, I don't want to go yeah, too, we don't far down go the down rabbit hole. I don't want to make it like too much. I don't want to go too down the rabbit hole, like liberal bullshit on this. But also, yeah, yeah, tough, tough to make that happen in, in kind of. Oh man, I don't, 
I don't want to. Actually, I'm, I'm rethinking this. I was gonna say a post 9/11 yeah, America. Yeah, no worries, no well, the, the but... xenophobia, the xenophobia of post 9/11 America, where everyone just wanted everything to be okay. Right. So, but you know, that's a. But but I think that's a you know, I definitely think nowadays that the cast would have been more the story almost begs for it yes Yes. you know it's tough for us to talk about it but as the two whitest guys right right literally on the planet but i would say the story is controlling for race about class right i think that it's the time it was produced invites the cast as it was cast Mm-hmm. I think it would be a fascinating story with uh, additional lens of of race and representation, uh, but I think it's still a meaningful story, and you know, I'm sure, you know, we're gonna have more rags to riches stories told yeah. in our lifetimes that are going to layer on things that the OC didn't layer on. And I'm excited to experience those stories. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the OC is uh, an interesting and, and valid experience. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think this this episode, as much as any other episode, pushes on that. I, 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 uh, I, I, I totally agree. I don't really, really have anything to say. All right. Well, um, God, I, I think we're pretty much there. We only talked for an hour and a half. So, um, All, right. All right. Well, uh, hey, I had a really uh, good time. I had time. a great time. Here, uh, Chris, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, you know, I'd like to plug Kentucky Ride <laughs> Chicken. That's chicken spelled with a Q-U-E-N. Uh, it's a rye beer, Asian bourbon barrels. It's 8.6 alcohol by volume. Mm -hmm. I've been enjoying it since we finished watching the episode. Uh, the extent I was more thoughtful or cerebral, I'll chalk it up to that. Mm -hmm. This was, for the viewers at home, this was a 25.4 fluid ounce, that's 750 (laughs) milliliter bottle, uh, that was preluded with multiple ipas yeah. so uh yeah kentucky ride chicken aged in bourbon bottles thank you for allowing me to speak freely on the gamble <laughs> i'm uh you know what I, i'd also you know what I, on, on that note i'd like to shout out to uh gigantic brewing company's uh solid hoppy american wheat beer you know also six percent but um you know um again um Really, uh, really, probably the driving force to me bringing nine eleven into an IC episode. <laughs> yeah, we really, we really dove into yeah. uh, some political hotbeds there. But uh, while we're on the topic, Bleecker Street Pizza. That's at two one two nine two four 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 six six, home of the award winning Noma Maria Pizza. Uh, I used that pen as I took notes on the episode. So, Bleecker Street Pizza, that's on the corner of Bleecker and 6th Avenue. Go give them your business. All right. All right. Well, um, thanks, guys. Thanks for hanging with us on this one. Um, uh, I had a great time. Chris, uh, we'll, we'll talk about having you back on. Um, uh, we'll, we'll sign off. What do you got to say? Yeah, thanks, Sam. I mean, I had a lot of fun. I appreciate well, you thinking of me when it came to the OC, and I can't wait to do this again. All right. 
Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week with uh, episode four. That we in the soft sciences refer to as obsessive compulsive disorder or the OC disorder. Don't call it that.